What's up, y'all, and welcome back to Found Bites, a game review series. My name is Brian, and I'll be your host. If you don't know about us, we're all about testing out and finding small, high-quality video games. This is a podcast that aims to respect your time and money as a gamer and a consumer by sifting through storefronts and sales to find the gems that may be worth your precious resources. If you're interested in reaching out or helping out, feel free to email us at foundbytesgrs at gmail.com, tweet at foundbytesgrs, and also rate and subscribe to us on whatever podcast feed you're using. And we're now on YouTube! So if you or someone you know prefers to listen to shows on YouTube, please recommend them Found Bites GRS on YouTube. But enough about the show. Let's get into our next game. Eichenfell is the game for this week's episode. Eichenfell is a turn-based role-playing game, and I see some big similarities with a game called Chroma Squad that we did recently, Undertale, the South Park games, the newer ones, mainly the Fractured But Whole. But really, what I see are a lot of similarities in the roots of Super Mario RPG and the Paper Mario games on 64 and GameCube. The game was originally released in October of 2020 on PC, Mac, Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. The game was developed by Happy Ray Games, and this is a small dev. I think it might mainly be one guy, but he is, I believe, out of Canada. I think this is his only game. I think he might be working on something else at the moment. The game was published by Humble Games. We have heard their name a lot. They publish games like Dodgeball Academia, uh, Hat in Time, and Void Bastard, so a lot of really great titles there. The game had a physical release in September of 2021 through Limited Run Games. It was basically just a standard edition in the box. Uh, came with some cards, maybe like an instruction booklet or some other small goodies. But they released that on PS4 and Switch. The game released at a price point of $19.99 digitally. And the Limited Run series, uh, those were $34.99. I don't think they are still in stock, but you can check eBay for that. Runtime of the game, just going straight through with the story and not like grinding or doing any extra things, could take you about 15 hours, maybe closer to 17, but there are definitely a lot of extra things to do, and that could put you up over 20, maybe even in the 25 range. This game did launch on Game Pass, although I just checked and it's not there anymore, and for our PlayStation listeners, it does have a Platinum Trophy, and I think the percentage is actually pretty good on that, so you might want to check that out. Me, I got this on Switch, and I've been playing it on Switch for $15.99 on sale. And I've put in probably closer to five hours, maybe even just over that on my way to six, a quarter to a third of the way through the story. And in terms of recommendation, this was a Colin Moriarty recommendation. If you don't know Colin, he is the host of Sacred Symbols, a PlayStation podcast, and sort of the helm of that whole Last Stand Media network. Um, and he was talking about this a while back, and he always has a keen eye for indie games, so I kind of put that on a list somewhere, and eventually when I saw it on sale on Switch, I checked it out, thought it looked cute, thought it looked fun, a really cool battle system, and so I decided to check it out. 
Alright, let's talk gameplay for Eichenfell. So this is going to be your standard turn-based RPG. There'll be a battle mode. There'll be like an overworld where you're walking around. You can mess around with your equipment, your characters. You'll have a party, things like that. So a lot of basics if you're uh, somebody who likes role-playing games, uh, maybe even more traditional Japanese role-playing games. So let's just start with basic navigation. So when you're out in the overworld and you're moving around, it's a top-down view. And when you progress, it's like a screen to screen. So like an old school kind of like Link to the Past, uh, similar to a recent game Trigger Witch that we did. So when you go on the edge of the screen, you go to the next screen and you'll find a lot of things to interact with. You'll find people that you can talk to. There'll be NPCs, there'll be shops, and you'll be able to interact with doors, open them or unlock them if you have the key. Uh, you'll see items on the ground a lot. There'll be like these shiny specs or it'll at least, at least be something to interact with. It might be a note telling you to do something. And you can find other things like opening chests, opening cabinets. And then there'll be enemies out on the overworld. Like you can see them. So it's not like Pokemon. It's not like Random Encounter. It's more like the Paper Mario series where you see the enemy kind of doing their rotation or walking back and forth. And then when they see you, like an exclamation point will come up and then they'll chase you and if you know you touch with them then you'll go into battle mode and then you can also look at the menu where you know we'll talk about all the different things you could do on there but that's where you can swap out equipment for your characters check out your party things like that so let's get into progressing in this game it feels like as you're going through it might be kind of an open world and we'll talk about what the world is it's actually like a school campus but mostly how you progress is through gatekeeping so they'll be on a given screen like you can go four different ways but then when you keep going and exhausting each direction you'll see that there'll be something blocking your way or there's a locked door uh, or there's like some kind of growth that's you know, a timed progression thing. So that's really how it kind of streamlines this game. In between doing lots of things, you'll have some light puzzling. It might be finding a switch to open something and that could open the gate or find the key, unlock the door. And there could be various things that trigger this. It could be reading particular notes that tell you to go to a specific spot. Eventually you're gonna come across like dialogue scenes between other characters that you'll be like spying on or kind of behind a bush or something like that. And that will trigger something to open up. This open campus of this school is how it feels, but overall the game is fairly linear and it kind of, you know, really boxes you in and guides you. Although I will say there definitely will eventually be some optional exploration that additionally might have some light puzzling. It could be within the sandbox that you're in, um, but it could be just simple like you read a note and it's a riddle to get something and you go to a specific spot and you hit it and you get a, a special item. So there are kind of little optional things along the way to find like extra items or extra equipment. But I will say progressing and finding out where you need to go can sometimes be a little challenging. We'll talk about the transparency and the accessibility of the game, but sometimes like you might have to go to the library or something like that and it's not obvious where that is. It gives kind of vague directions with the map it says like northwest of you know this building and whatnot but the map is not labeled and so it can be confusing especially if you go away and you haven't played it for a little while and you come back um, it might take you a little time i did have to look up something very simple just to get me back on track but it really didn't take that long and there are ways that the game is transparent about where to go and we'll talk about that in a little bit but some of the other things as you're progressing uh you're gonna gain and lose party members although i haven't lost any party members yet um, but i'm pretty sure you can only hold three at a time in your like party that goes into battle 
And there are a lot of save points, I will say. The frequency of save points I really enjoy. In terms of the menu and the characters and what you're customizing, just like a typical JRPG, you can get items uh, and you can use them. You can use them in battle or you can use them on the overworld. And these are items that'll give you health back. It could be battle-only items for health. It could be battle buffs or to do damage in battle. And a lot of these you're going to collect just out in the open world. Like I said, you might see something flashing on the ground that could be an item or you might open a chest or you might answer a riddle that says to go to like a specific tree or a specific pillar and you find that there's an item there and you'll definitely get a lot of items from battle when you win battle as rewards. You can customize your character's equipment and every character can have a weapon, they can have a headgear, a garment, a footgear and an accessory and these will pretty much just boost your stats uh, and you can find these out in the world in chests, in, you know, randomly just where you might find items. Uh, but you can also buy them at the various shops where you can also buy items. And I think there's a really good frequency of equipment that you'll get that's a little better or you'll find a new shop and they'll have better inventory. Some of these weapons can be character specific. I don't know if all of them are, but as you go into a shop and you look at different weapons, it'll show your characters that you have and it'll like blank out anyone who can't equip that weapon or or who it would up it. And in terms of your characters and their stats, like I said, I'm pretty sure you can only have three max in your party that would be like the active people in battle, but there's definitely a lot more space on the menu when looking through your characters for you to have like multiple party members that you can swap in and out of your main party. But each character is going to have a stat for their hit points, their power, uh, their defense, their speed, and their movement. So hit points is pretty self-explanatory. Power is your attack power, defense... Uh, how well you do against attack speed I think is involved in turn order and then move is your movement space when you're in battle on the grid and we'll talk about how that works but anytime you get new equipment this will affect these different stats you level up fairly frequently and every time you level up some of your stats will go up but something else that each of the characters will have are different spells and these are their attack moves or their buff moves in battle that they can use and I like the frequency of learning new spells we'll talk about that so in terms of the battle it is a turn-based battle but it's also a grid-based battle so when you jump into the battle, immediately you will know who is going first, and that's determined by speed, and that person could take their turn. And in the top right corner, there is like an order, just like Final Fantasy X or, or any uh, transparent Japanese role-playing game that would tell you whose turn is coming up next. So that can allow you for some strategy. So when it is your turn, it's kind of D&D because your character, whosever turn it is, can move within their range and you'll see like all the blocks highlighted where they can go and they can do an action. And an action might be to attack with a spell or use a spell to buff or use an item or you might find strategically to just end your turn might be the best deal. You might be too far away from the enemies. So when you look at your spells, every spell has a specific range and a specific effect. So your attack spells, as soon as you click on them, it'll show up boxes on the grid, like how far you can attack, if it's going to attack one space or multiple spaces. Um, so there's really a good variety of these, not just within having various characters with different spells, but your character is going to get different versions uh, of attack spells and buff spells that are going to do a lot. So I do like the variety here. Every time you level up, you will level up stats, but every other time you level up, you will get a new spell or at least that's the frequency i'm seeing so far so i do like that because you know every two levels like i'm getting another good spell what i love about this game is what i love about games like paper mario 
which is that there are action commands. So turn-based battle can sometimes get a little boring and can be a proponent of passively playing, but not with action commands. So when you apply what spell you're going to do and you click what you're going to do, there's going to be a time where you're trying to hit a button and maximize the damage on the spell. Now, this also works for defense, and I think the game does a pretty good job of tutorializing this in the first kind of minor area. But what's interesting is every spell is different, obviously in what it does, who it affects, uh, what kind of range it has, but also what the animation looks like. And it takes a couple times to get it right, but I gotta say, like, it is pretty good how they do this visually and the timing, I think, is easy to do well at, but there are varying degrees, much like in Paper Mario, because you can get an okay, a nice, and a great, and you know, as you go up that scale, it'll add extra damage. So like, you might hit a particular spell that if you do nothing, it'll say oops, and you'll do like two damage, but if you hit it and time it so that it says nice, it might do four, and then great, it might do five or six. Always a huge proponent of action commands, loves games that do this, and I really like the way that this game does this. In terms of enemies and bosses, I do like the variation in what you see. Definitely some varied types of attacks, uh, melee, projectile, but even with Within enemies, they have multiple different attacks, but also some of the synergy between uh, the enemy moves and what they can do to buff or, or heal each other is also super interesting. But really good variety and also good variety of challenge. I like the pacing of challenge in this game. Like I said, I'm only like maybe five hours in on my way to six, um, but so far, like the initial area that I was in, that seems like so easy at this point because some of the enemies I'm coming into contact now really getting me to strategize more and also branch out and use some of my new moves. In terms of difficulty, I don't think that the battles are really that tough. There are a couple times where I, my health got down and I had to use items in battle, but for the most part, I haven't died. In terms of pacing and accessibility, I really like, like I said, the frequency of save points is good, but also the fact that when you go to a save point, you're fully healed. So there is a back and forth, I guess, with the item economy in that respect, because you might think, well, why would I use this item to heal when I could just go back to the save point? It's really up to you. I also always suggesting games like this that are not that long for an RPG or a JRPG to use your items, uh, especially because I feel like the economy is pretty fluid. Like I said, there's a high frequency of shops that you'll come across, but also you'll get a lot of things that you can sell. Obviously, when you get better equipment on your party members, you might want to sell some of the lower equipment, but you also get a lot of things like rare coins that in the item description say something like, there is nothing to do with this item but sell it. And you're like, all right, that's great. Some of the coins will give you like 100 coins, the currency that you use to buy items. Anytime I get coins, I sell them and then I buy like five or 10 healing items. And so I've never really run out. I'd say in the beginning I got close a couple times, but that was before I, I really saw the high frequency of shops. In terms of guidance, the game does tell you like when you're about to go into like a boss room or a boss fight, or even if it isn't going into the room, like you'll have an interaction with a character who's like clearly you need to fight this character. But then they'll like go and sit down and they'll be like, when you're ready, come talk to me and we'll go at it or something like that. And then there's a save point like right there. So as soon as you walk into a room, even if it's like a cutscene or dialogue with a character, like you'll see a save point. You'll be like, oh, I can save here before this battle. When you hit the pause menu, there is a little blurb at the top that says like what's going on or what you need to do. And it's like a dialogue bubble from a character. It says like, aren't we supposed to go to this place or something like that? That's always really helpful. Again, if you 
put this game down for a couple days, don't remember what you need to do. You can see it right there on the screen. It just might take some time finding where exactly that location is, because like I said, the map has no labels, so that can be a little frustrating, but uh, so far I haven't found it to be that much of a nuisance. There's also victory mode. If you click the menu and go to options, you can turn this mode on. And all this mode does is give you an option on your battle menu to automatically win the battle. And I think that's really good. It's really transparent and it's not trying to do too much. What I like about it is that you don't just eliminate battles. It's like, hey, you, now you have the option to choose to eliminate a battle when it's too much. So if you're in a time crunch or the challenge is too much, I like that option there. That's really good. And I like the frequency of new spells. Like I said, every other level, I feel like as I'm getting new spells, I'm also getting new characters. Right now I have three people and you know I'm just getting used to all of their spells and we're leveling up and so they're getting new spells. And so I feel like there's always like a nice refresher uh, of something new to try uh, in the repertoire. All right, let's talk vibe for Eichenfell. And let's start with some visuals. This game is very colorful, very rich in its colors. And the environment, for the most part in the beginning, you're gonna see a lot of trees and it's just very green. And then when you start to see the characters, like their hair, it's like these solid colors that really stand out. Their clothes are really pushing. Uh, at least in the beginning, I'm seeing a lot of greens and oranges, whether it's from hair, whether it's from trees and the environment, really bold colors, it's really nice. In terms of like the overall visuals, like the resolution, it kind of feels like it would be like a Game Boy Advance or a Game Boy game. I wouldn't quite call it pixelated because I feel like the pixels are kind of blended together. Large areas of like the hair, like you can just see the outline of the hair. It's not like you see individual strands or anything like that. Uh, when you see items and equipment, it reminds me of Stardew Valley, like as you're changing out equipment, like now you're putting on overalls and it looks visually uh, almost like that same kind of pixelated thing there. When you have dialogue between characters, like their busts will pop up. I do like the visuals here. They're kind of cartoonish and they're really detailed in their expressions. It's almost like out of like a Nickelodeon show or something like that. And in battle, the visuals are pretty kinetic. Like obviously on the grid, you know, it's very helpful that the different colors highlight the blocks of how far of a range you can move or like what is the range of this weapon or this spell or whatnot. And so being super transparent with that is good, uh, as well as the actual spells and looking to that for the action command timing. Uh, most often it's like a ring will close in on the bottom of them or something is being thrown on top of something and like you have to time it so that as soon as it lands, you hit the action button. I know I have a lot of experience with action commands in uh, Japanese role-playing games games, but I really did not find any trouble getting the timing. I don't always get it consistently at great. Sometimes I'll get a nice if I'm using like a new spell, but I do like that learning curve. In terms of audio, really like 
this soundtrack. It is such a nice blend between like a retro Game Boy kind of feel and like nice piano, you know, that really sets the mood. There's a lot of uplifting tracks. It seems very joyful at times. I get so many vibes of a game called I Am Setsuna, which is sort of a newer take on uh, the Japanese role-playing genre. And so the piano is kind of like whimsy and tra-la-la following along and and whatnot. And, And I really get a lot of those feels. And especially in specific areas, like when you're in the forest, it feels very peaceful. When you're in like this kind of spooky, eerie building on campus, like you do feel that eeriness in the music. As well as sound effects. I feel like the sound effects are really good. Uh, The battle noises, again, really work well for action commands, like when you're throwing a fireball and whatnot. And the save points. All the save points are cats. And it's so funny because as soon as you go in, it restores your HP and then you can choose to save your progress. And as soon as you overwrite a save file, you get a little meow. And it's just like so quick and so nonchalant. It's like, ah, little cat got me. And in terms of themes and settings, this is a really cool setting. You know, it's like a school of magic. There are these kids that are students and there's something that's going wrong. Like these kids on campus or the maybe even the world itself is kind of in trouble. And at least in the beginning part, you're really picking up the pieces of like what's going on. Something's happening. I feel like it's basically a cross between the... TV show The Magicians and Dodgeball Academia. So it's like, you know, that school setting, but it's also magic and the logic of magic applies here. There are definitely individual characters in this game where getting more powerful and power corrupting and people changing, whether for the better or for the worse. You'll definitely go through a lot of flashbacks. You'll retrace the steps of other characters. As soon as you go into this game, you realize that your character is just trying to find her sister who went to the school. What's interesting is that so far, there's really minimal reference or depth to the outside world. It's not really fleshed out. You start in the outside world because you're like trying to find this school. But for the most part, I don't know how much of the game you're in the outside world and how much real life kind of applies here. But I'm really intrigued by what's going on and and kind of learning more. And so far, there hasn't really been a standout bad guy. There's been some interpretations that I feel like certain characters might be problematic potentially. But I, I will say I like the pacing of the story so far. Again, I'm what I feel is like maybe a third of the way through. I'm still kind of in the what happened or what's going on phase. There's no real threat yet. But I feel like something's coming. And I don't want to spoil anything, especially because I don't know anything yet. But I'm, I'm getting like a vague, almost Bioware feel. Like something's happening with the story with your character like I don't quite know I can't quite put my finger on it but there's a lot of vagueness with you know sharing details for now and I feel like something could kind of twist or be a little more chunky or thick or really interesting but in terms of the characters uh, and sort of the dialogue that they go through uh, they're fun characters they're silly at times I like the humor there are a lot of tropes you know one character is like the always nervous Uh, this one is like super confident this one is like you know, real headstrong. And so the dialogue really brings that out. I feel like the dialogue is nice and good. It's simple. Uh, there's some wittiness at times. I really like it. And so far, there's hasn't been any, like, exposition dump. I like that. I'm hopeful that we'll still get story as we go on. But I am enjoying kind of, like, the exploratory phase where it's like, what's really going on? Getting a little crumb at a time, feeding into that mystery and, and that mystique, not quite knowing what's up. And in terms of number of characters so far in the game, there aren't that many characters. And so it adds to that mystery of like, you know, no one's here. A lot of people aren't really around. And it just kind of makes me more intrigued and want to find out more about what's going on. 
All right, let's wrap up the conversation about Eichenfell. This is a cute, fun role-playing game. Definitely some Japanese role-playing game elements with a lot of combat depth, I gotta say. Uh, the more I play, I'm just liking the spells, the party synergy, uh, the grid tactics, you know, moving around in between moves, trying to get a better view or trying to prepare for something. I like the pacing of new stuff. Like I said, new spells, finding new characters, learning a little bit more about the story, and also the challenges that it brings. I like, you know, the steady pace of challenge in battle, as well as some, you know, light puzzling. It's not anything that you're going to bash your head against the wall. The game is just charming. It has a lot of simple touches, witty dialogue, like I said, saving with cats and getting the meow, you know, just little things like that that really add to the charm. And I feel like there's a nice level of mystery and questions while pacing good gameplay and showcasing that new stuff. And of course, action commands. I love action commands, even if they're like pixelated sprites. Like, I feel like it's very clear and there's a nice learning curve for different spells and new things. In terms of value, 20 for the MSRP, that's not bad. I feel like if it were a 15, that might be more inviting to people. But I got to say, there are a lot of smaller role-playing games out there. It's really tough to do a bite-sized experience. I was a big fan of Jack Move and how it could you know, give such a wholesome experience in like under 10 hours. That being said, this is, you know, at least 15 to 18. Um, so I feel like it's got a little more meat on the bones and more content and depth uh, certainly to come in the story. And so I feel like I could justify 20 bucks, but I feel like on sale, this is ideally under 15. If you see this on sale under 15, I feel like this is a perfect price or even at 15. I feel like that's good, but under 15, if you see it on sale, I would say definitely jump on it, especially if you're like me, somebody who's a Paper Mario fan or Super Mario RPG. If you're a fan of those, you will enjoy this. Definitely a bite-sized, mysterious role-playing game, and I gotta say I'm excited to keep going, and so I highly recommend this game. All right, that's gonna wrap it up for this episode. Stay tuned for our next episode to see what new game we found for you. Mm-hmm.